All right. So here we are with the last class of the series from last year with Venerable Dahani Oahu and the first class with her this year. For those of you who are joining us for the first time, Venerable Dahani Oahu speaks directly from her heart, offering pure wisdom teachings of direct insight and practical application in the traditions of the Cherokee and Woodland View and Tibetan Buddhism. These are the mother and father streams that energize her and are the foundation of all that she shares. Thank you, Venerable. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for inviting me and facilitating this uh, walk of sharing with people beyond the horizon. May our words together, our contemplations, reveal the wisdom potential in each person and the skillful methods to express joy, harmony, and accomplishment and good relationship in all each one of us does. So I begin with the message of the season. As the night is longer and the day is short, the memory of creation and the dream time is very apparent. The dream time, what does it mean we are dreamers? And as the night is long, we may examine the streams of thought, the patterns of emotion and mind the stories that we create and call our reality. From the perspective of the Aniyunmiwa and some of the Iroquoian people, there is the story of the star woman who fell from the sky to land upon a turtle's back. In a sense, we are each like that star maiden who fell from the realm of Ongawi, a perfect world where whatever is thought immediately is made manifest. She had a certain curiosity, and there was a certain garden and a great and wondrous tree in that garden that her parents told her to uh, stay away from that tree. Its roots run deep. So do not play near there. Hearing the sound of drumming beneath the roots of the tree, her curiosity overcame her. Just like the drumming of our hearts draws us to explore what is our life becoming, what shall we choose? She chose to explore. And as she was looking around the roots of the tree, she fell through a hole. And as a spiraling light, she fell for what seemed like ages. Creatures who lived on the earth that was water-covered at the time saw this light coming and realized that someone special would be with them and they prepared to create a space for her to land and to host her visit upon their world. So many creatures thought, well, it's too muddy. What can we do? 
the turtle said, Let us put earth mud on my back, and it will dry, will create a firm place. And so many creatures attempted to bring up some mud from the bottom of the sea. And one, the muskrat, managed with his last breath to bring a handful of mud and placing it upon the turtle's back, it spread and became the firmament of the earth. She continued spiraling down, mother wisdom, spiraling down a light coming to the earth. And she landed upon the turtle's back, and all the creatures that lived in the sea and the mud were happy. Here she is. Immediately, their world became more bright. What is the message of this star woman? The message of the star woman is that we ourselves may call upon the wisdom potential within, that we ourselves still have a connection to that realm of Ongawi, that we are co-creators of this dream. What we call life, it is an interaction of many energies. We understand water and the dream time and the power of emotions and water as a purifier and a solvent, dissolving what is to be dissolved and nurturing the dreams of the human family. So in this time, we think about the stories we've heard and the stories we tell. Who do we think we are? Are we people of the earth alone, or do we recognize our star world home? And in recognizing our star world home, we gain access to the power of the heart's mind to actualize what we conceive of as beneficial. Just as the wind moves around the earth, thought forms, views, belief systems move around and like a leaf caught in the wind, a on investigating person might be blown about like a leaf in the wind. As the star woman spiraled down, we are reminded that we too are spiraling through eddies and currents of potential and that it is for us with our heart and our wisdom eye to discern what it is we choose to accomplish. Having the gift of the human body is something wondrous indeed. Having this opportunity to walk upon the earth, it is also the dream made manifest to explore what it is we are thinking, what it is we have created with our emotions. So the Star Woman is a reminder of the so-called unconscious eddies of energy 
these potentials that began as great pulses from the very heart of the universe, and that these pulsations become a cohesive form, a drumming dance of our very own lives. So in the winter time, we think of creation stories. And some of the stories that we may hear from other parts of the world, the parents attempt to devour their children. And other stories, the children may attempt to fight and devour each other. In the present moment, there is the idea of other. And so we may see in the news the expression of other, yet all are of one family. So what do we want to actualize in the moment? Who are we, the human beings, that listen to this call, contemplate these words? We are dreamers, and we are co-creators. So when you are awakening the clear vision of the night as the sun rises, opens your eyes and one can see unfolding the possibilities of the day. When we speak of recreating this concept of self, it means that we choose what attributes we want to bring into the world. Understanding that we have many gifts and the people we meet in our lives are indeed called into our lives. Every moment is then understood as an opportunity. Even the story of conflict becomes a story of awakening. The twins, as they fussed with each other, as they decided to, one to be peaceful and loving, and the other, I wish he said, to break confinement. He said, let me be free. Let me see. And so this one became an explorer carrying aloft a light moving from east to west. So what is troubling within our heart-mind and in the situation of the time is also an opportunity to illuminate. It is illuminated by our choice to energize the ideal of skillful action and compassion. The brother who would like to argue, yes, he went off and explored, and ultimately he returned. And as he returned, he became more soft and wise understanding that the dynamic of conflict and non-conflict is a creative dance. So 
for our own lives, the winter time is about creation. Considering the seeds of new wisdom arising, or perhaps there is the call to recreate one's life. There is a process we call remaking a person, where a person may have been unkind, harmful, ignorant, and at some point during the winter night, there is an awakening of the heart. Ah, let me be a kind person. Let me be of benefit. And with this awakening, that person goes into a quiet place and may stay for months until the patterns that were dissonant with the ideal of being a loving and kind person until such patterns were dissolved and the memory of appreciation reawakened and the clear line of communion with all that arises is restored. So this remade person even looks different. The very um, face and movement of the body changes as the resentments fall away, the tensions fall away, and as appreciation arises, the hard edges are softened. And so the message of forgiving, thankfulness, and then dedication are the energies of remaking a human being. So what is the creation story that moves you? Who is it that you are? A human being in relationship, spiraling energy, stardust, luminous space, coalescing around the explorer's initiative to see things as they are. Dreamers awaken. So she spiraled, she spiraled, the wisdom woman, the star woman, the light, the wisdom within each of us, landing upon the turtle's back, human and alone. The creatures had compassion for her, and whatever she needed, they would bring it to her. In time, she was lonely, and she wanted to return to her star world home, forgetting that access was through her heart and within her. She felt alone and bereft. Soon the wind came and caressed her cheek. The wind that sweeps away illusion. The wind that sweeps away 
uncertainty, this sweet wind impregnated her with the ongoing dance of creation and the memory that she was not alone. And from that moment, the twins were conceived and born, one a peaceful being, the other very animated and excited and wanting to see more, and not wanting confinement. The quiet twin understood the nature of the swirling waters within their mother's belly and understood through those waters his connection to the sky and myriad realms. While the brother of annoyance, I want to get out, I want to get out, I want to see more, this is confining. And so he fought his way out from beneath his mother's arm, and the peaceful brother was born in the natural way. The mother, she became a garden and a source of food, and these two brothers, then the caretakers of the land, one peaceful, one inquisitive and argumentative. So here we are in this moment, human beings arguing. What is that we argue about? The land, the water, enough. The peaceful brother, he said, remember the land grew and is still growing and the waters arise. There is enough for everyone. Well, how do we know there is enough for everyone? Because we plant the garden as our mother has become a garden. We see that with our thoughts and our actions we are creating. Well, I would like to have more friends. Soon, spiraling light came again from the sky and more beings came from the star world home. When we have the question, when we ask, let us see the information on the method is revealed. So what is your question? Here in the winter months, the time of contemplation, Question, the spring arising, what shall you bring forth? It is not dependent on outside forces, what the springtime will bring. It is really the discernment of our hearts and mind that contributes to what will come. So. In this time, people are expressing much consternation and behaving in ways that uh, appear confused, almost regressing to the 
bad behavior of uh, children who are fighting with each other. Well, what is going on outside can be a small reflection of the uncertainty in the heart of those who are looking. So let us make peace in our own hearts and energize the results that we want. Your creation story. Conceptualize yourself, your family, in good relationship, accomplishing in relationship with circles of other beings who have the same thought, the thought to energize peace and abundance and cooperation. Like a song going out, like the wind moving the snowflakes, that intention, it resounds through our hearts and through the world. Yes, one person does make a difference. When one person sees the possibility of joy, when one person chooses to walk with integrity, like a ripple moving through the field, illusions are dispelled. So you are the one, each of you, each of us, is the one who makes a difference. There is no fence that keeps in the swirling wind of illumination. There is no concept that limits the seed of wisdom mind. So right where we are with whomever we are, let us dream and create a world of beauty. And this concludes the lecture part of the conversation. And I invite you for two minutes to contemplate what it means, what it is the experience of being remade. How would, is there anything, any reason to remake? What is your view, your perception? Who are you? How do you choose to be?
of your lines, a world of beauty. You accomplishing your vision. Visualize joyous relationship. Undo what needs doing. How precious and wonderful the gift of life. wonderful. And I will take questions at this time. Thank you, Venerable. And for those who are listening, star two to raise your hand and ask a question. If you're calling in and if you're listening online, you can type in a question. And I would like to ask you about... uh, Venerable, as we were contemplating, what came into my awareness was how when we're children and teenagers that we will put on a character or try on a character or different aspects. So now I'm a cowboy and uh, that kind of thing, or a teenager, uh, now I'm I'm a goth. (laughs) And, And... we will try on these different um, costumes and characters and attitudes. And I wondered if you could speak about the creation story as possibly relates to also archetypes and experiencing an embodiment of an archetype. Oh, yes. The creation stories that draw our attention or the myths that draw our attention, also can be seen like a stream of wisdom potential within our own lives. So the idea of the explorer is the one who chooses to see, and the explorer may wear many robes, and like the wandering child forget, their way home, yet the jewels of wisdom and the keys to their home continually are present in the robe of their body. So there are many ways to look at the wisdom of archetypes and Carl Gustav Jung was perhaps the most uh, articulate and um, informative for many about exploring the archetype. On a simple level, we can think of what is the child reaching for. So 
with as soon as a child is able to reach and many woodland communities they are uh, placed in front of baskets that have different things in them and so there may be needles and threads or uh, ways to hunt or tools of the garden or books or crystals and whatever the child reaches for gives you a sense of what they want to explore and you assist them in finding the teachings and the teachers in that exploration. And so as we are growing, there are streams of wisdom that we feel to explore. And so we can see them as the archetype of the hunter, or we can see as the archetype of the, the nurturer, the preserver, the healer. And in truth, many of these possibilities exist simultaneously within a person. And so to dance with the inspiration of the archetype that appears in your dreams is a way to see clearly the potential within. Uh, for example, um, many, many years ago, there was a period of exploration where uh, in meditation I met in a garden with um, luminous singing beings. And these luminous sing singing beings, their sound, their voices created a world in a cathedral. And what was their message? Their message was of nurturing and of the creative power of sound and voice and choice. So the archetype appeared in a sense um, like a Christian idea of angelic beings or ministers, and then it became uh, multicultural, it, the same luminous beings who were sharing the power of sound expressed themselves through the lens of different cultures. And so it was through exploring in meditation how to apply the gifts of uh, clairaudience, uh, clairvoyance, in a way that will benefit. So the gifts are within, and one makes the commitment to benefit sentient beings and to see completely the how of the dance arising. And so different archetypes reveal themselves. So the priestess, she reveals herself 
the fool also reveals itself. And the, uh, the trickster. So we have uh, stories about the coyote. And uh, the coyote is indeed a trickster, reminding us of ego grasping, where we are uh, taking a smaller view because we want something. And when taking the larger view, we recognize everything is there. So even the concept of the so-called monsters, the monsters are energies of one's own subconsciousness waiting to be tamed. So the appearance in the forest of uh, Sasquatch can be uh, frightening, and people do see them throughout uh, the world. And what is that message? Does that being come from another world, or is that being a parallel um, human being? When we are unknowing of our own mind nature, and when we are forgetting to nurture each one, every being as a a relative in a, a coherent song, uh, then the unresolved energy of anger or the family dynamic of rejection plays out. And so we see in the world now the expression of a family dynamic where long ago a mother and son were sent away, and the descendants still are arguing and hurt to until this day. So that is the story of Abraham. How did his wife, so old, have a child after so many years, and why was the child of the handmaiden and the handmaiden cast out, those issues are still being worked out today on an internal, individual level. What is rejected uh, comes back and bites you. So when we are examining our own body, speech, and mind, when we see certain attitudes of our speech and our view that we may not care for, uh, it is better to transmute wrong view than attempt to just cast it out. So all around, we are reminded of different archetypes that we uh, are touched by. Who is the healing mother? What is the message of Bridget? Her wells, her sacred places, 
She's a reminder that the sweet waters of remembrance wash away confusion and reveal that we may nurture seeds of good deeds that we can pacify and purify and dissolve the spell of confusion and meet in the garden of clear mind. So what is the archetype that touches you? It may change. It can be the the fiery warrior woman who stamps on fear and ignorance, like the bear who knows all medicine that will transform poisons, or it can be the loving, gentle being, the mother that nurtures us all. Different times, different moments, we experience these um, different expressions. And in a sense, we can uh, see those expressions as the cosmos and certainly as the zodiac and even as the energies that flow through our bodies. So the, the triple warmer, that is the perfect balance of mother, father, wisdom, and skill. So all around the display is a story. It is the story of our recalling our inseparability from wisdom and that our speech and action is shaping the world we see. So what is the archetype that calls your attention? The pacifier, the warrior, the nurturer, the priest, the priestess, the joker, the trickster. Each of these archetypes has a purpose. In uh, Native American culture, the joker, the clown, is uh, very important, has a relationship with lightning. The lightning that awakens through shaking away, grasping at the concepts of I, them, and us. The clowns shame us and tame us and get us to laugh at our own confusion and to see through the laughter, the breaking away of separation and the remembrance of just how we are connected. So there are the images, uh, what I like very much is of women who run with wolves. Uh, what does it mean? It means shaking away concepts, not uh, being tamed, so to speak, to not be tamed by expectation and to explore through the forest of possibility and to energize and create in that forest of possibilities 
what is life force and wisdom enhancing. So, Jennifer, what archetypes touch you? Yes, well, I've uh, given it a great deal of thought over the years, and uh, there are a number of them. Obviously, teacher is an archetype. And uh, one that I have very strong is uh, the networker. Aha. Uh-huh. Yep. I love to connect people together. And I remember one time you asked me, how do you see these connections between people? And it's just uh, an energetic that I feel. I know that that's one of my favorite things to do is to introduce people to each other and connect those invisible threads and um, I also have felt that I had the archetype of the wounded child and um, uh, you you might be familiar with Carolyn Mace the teacher Carolyn Mace she spells her name M-Y-S-S and she talks about the light side and the dark side to each archetype uh-huh and that uh, if we explore, if we can recognize the dark side of the archetype, then we can bring it to the light. Yes. So for me, that wounded child archetype is not a negative at all because it's given me great compassion, which I now use to bring benefit. Yes. By understanding and by releasing and exploring and releasing, you found the potential of the wounded child to be a healer, a networker, mm-hmm. and an integrator. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, I, I'm, I'm going to do one follow-up question here. Um and this relates to a question that somebody has written in. So I'm going to read their question and then ask my question. So Jean writes in, she says, Hi, I feel stuck. I am trying and am committed to masterful living. I have such a hard time seeing my daughters through the eyes of love as they have been behaving in very irresponsible and disrespectful and risky behavior. I find myself angry at them often. Do you have any suggestions? And I know that there have been other, um, obviously many people feel that way about their children at times. And um, my follow-up question related to the personal creation stories and the archetypes is sometimes people project at us their, well, all the time, they project at us their creation stories of their life and the archetypes that they're identified with. And so it's part of our work to see past that and not agree with it if it's harmful to them. Yes. The first question I will address when seeing people we love behaving in ways that are um, not congruent with their natural wisdom nature and may be even dangerous to them, first to know 
that are of you can assist them in their transformation. So while the annoyance is there, also hold the ideal of how they can be, what they can do to manifest harmony in their lives. Um, because when we are looking at what is wrong, in a sense, we are um, energizing it. So when seeing behavior that is not appropriate, I, I am assuming they are adults. Uh, if there are children, then you create more uh, firm boundaries for their well-being. Uh, as adults, uh, they make their choices, and you may energize their making appropriate, noble, and healthy choices because uh, you can change your response to their behavior and they only uh, are in charge of their own behavior. Then the second part of the question is, uh, will you repeat that second part again, Jennifer? Sure. So thinking of Jean and her daughter, sometimes people project their own uh, beliefs about who they are and what they are and, and will embody negative archetypes and project those at us. And then our job is just what you were saying, to see beyond their own attachments to their own view of themselves as less than, not enough, damaged, broken, unfixable, bad, wrong, to see beyond that, cultivating that skill. People have the lens of their experience and belief system through which they may view the world. And when we are in relationship, when we do not respond in accordance with the projection, it begins to dissolve. So... Yes, we may project and think that people are a certain way. I've seen people in, express that in terms of uh, someone's age or race or uh, appearance of status or level of status. And so people make decisions on how to treat a person based on their um, lens of perception, which is often colored by wrong view. So it is not a battle to turn aside another person's projection. It is a skill that their projection is seen and one reflects clarity and not reaction to the projection. So uh, I can uh, go somewhere and uh, 
someone may make a decision about uh, how I'm dressed. In fact, I will give an example. Once while in a, a, a rather luxurious part of New York, I was walking, and uh, people were looking at me, and I, we would smile at each other. And then uh, one woman, she looked me up and down, and then she she was smiling until she saw my shoes, which were very definitely Vermont clodhoppers. And uh, her whole demeanor towards me changed in a flash. Uh, I didn't change. It was only the concept of uh, what was uh, her idea of um, an appropriate person, appropriate dress, and someone that she would communicate with. So that was um, a concept of limitation based on appearance. And it, it closed, uh, her face closed, and the communication ceased. Um, and so as human beings, this happens, those wrong views, those ideas of what makes someone uh, equal, worthy, not worthy. Uh, are based on the concepts of appropriate dress, appropriate rank, and there's nothing to to fight. It is just, oh, that person doesn't see, and that person does not diminish me, but only diminishes themselves through their limiting view. Is that helpful? Yes, very. Thank you so much. And uh, a reminder to people that they can raise their hand with a star two, and uh, or they can write in a question online. And we have Shan raising her hand here. Go ahead, Shan. Good morning, Jennifer. Good morning, Venerable. Good morning. <laughs> it is beautiful morning here today. Um, I was wondering if you would speak a little bit about the similarities and differences of working with archetypes and uh, tantric deity practices. Yes. Uh, one way in which we can see a, a common thread between the religious and mystical methods around the world is to consider the deity as an expression of the ideal that people want to manifest in their lives. So the concept of Jungian archetypes is a way for the Western world through myth and inner exploration to describe the energetic process of exploring the elements of the universe and consciousness arising. And then we look even at the mystical symbols 
um, say, Christianity, the artwork of Buddhism, the artwork of Islam, of Hinduism, of Native American exploration, we notice that certain uh, geometric forms arise. And these geometric forms significantly convey the same information. So we may see in a Gothic cathedral a doorway which has in its lintel five layers, five ridges leading inward, almost like a woman's vulva. And we may see in the artwork of the Hindu religion a similar design. And what does it mean, that design? It means that the understanding of space, potential, and the elements that give birth to form is expressed in different cultures in similar ways. So this, the sacred geometry, in a sense, is a gateway to understanding what unites us as a human family. So when we think about uh, Vajrayana and uh, the, the archetypes, so Vajrayogini can also be seen as uh, the goddess of the hunt, so to speak. And what she represents, and in her peaceful way, she can be the Holy Mothers, St. Bridget, um, and in the expression of the idealized creative potential of the woman, which is a great power. And uh, at this time, uh, many are reacting to the arising wisdom within themselves and therefore attempting to put a break on the dance of the Holy Mother. And what does that mean? It means fear. And as we look at the archetypes of the benevolent teacher or the warrior teacher, the the priest, the priestess, there's also a connection with the, the elements that move through our bodies and even the 12 main meridians of our, our physical form. So the emotions that uh, pollute or illuminate move through the pathways of our bodies. And thus the mystic goes off into a quiet place to uh, stabilize their breath and mind 
and to allow that creative potential to be expressed in its clarity and in its awakened state. So the what is similar is the the call to explore and acknowledge the movement of energy within as an ongoing conversation giving rise to what is seen outside until it becomes clear that all the world and all we view is within our hearts. Is that getting you the answer you need? Yes, Venerable. That's, that's, it's exciting. It's really beautiful. Thank you. And so anyone who has a question can raise their hand with a star two and you can type in a question here. We have Anand. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> Did I get it right? It's on Anand. 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 Okay. Anand. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, Anna. Yeah, I will. Uh, um, I don't know how to uh, title you. I, I'm I'm not um, familiar with. Uh, my memory is not so good. Um, I just read your name, madam, and um, I'm struggling with my. I feel like I'm not connected to God and I feel like my anger has overtaken my body mind system and has really put me in a state of panic and fear and um, I'm getting a lot of I have a lot of knowledge and I've applied it for a long time but I've reached a place now where I'm not feeling the vibration of grace, the vibration of sacredness that I used to feel earlier in my youth. I used to feel like something was sacred. There was something, there's a feeling of sacredness. And that feeling of sacredness is something that I miss greatly. The feeling of gratitude, great gratefulness. Um, those feelings are, are, I, I want to recultivate those feelings, but I feel blocked off because my chakras feel like they're they're. Um, I feel like I'm having problems in many of my chakras. Are you in good health? Have you had your health examined to be sure there is no physical uh, obscuration? Um, well, I I uh, I had a heart attack and bypass surgery. Um, at age 33 um, in 2009, and um, I was diagnosed with some mental disorders when I was younger because I had some spiritual experiences and I wasn't able to express it properly, and um, my ego took over and I, I I wasn't able to understand what had happened with my spiritual experiences. So I've sort of been on a spiritual path of trying to reawaken 
Um, anyway, what I'm trying to say is that, um, and I followed a guru for many years now, and, you know, there's some resistance happening, and I think I'm having trouble living in an integrated life where I'm not, uh, I want to be, I've been playing different roles, and, and you know, I, I, I'm, I'm a son, I'm a husband, um, and all these different identities, and a student, and I've tried to be a teacher, and I've I've taken on all these different roles, and I'm not sure anymore what my path is, and I don't know. I've I've I reached a place where I I was very confused, and I I, I wasn't sure about the nature of evil. And whether evil even really exists or not, and of course, in miracles says that evil does not exist. Um, but in my own mind, I'm having a lot of anger issues where I think of many times I go into a, a mindset where I feel like evil is real, and I feel like I'm very deluded and in very I feel like almost like I'm damned or something like that, and I want to resurrect You're myself. Not damned. And you have had the taste of unity, and what is your opportunity at this time is to pacify the internal conflict by allowing the many robes you wear to become a rainbow robe where they're united. You can be a parent, a son, a brother, um, an explorer, what do you seek? Do you seek enlightenment? Um, well, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm, I seek love. Aha. Yes, the, the great medicine. And so an antidote is water. Each time you have a drink of water, each time you bathe, to make a prayer of appreciation, this sweet water, it nurtures me. It washes away and it reveals the loving heart of me. This sweet water, it washes away any appearance of dissonance. And then you think, okay, what do I want to occur? When anger arises, it is often the mind's choice or wish to understand. So... Anger is resolved in the realm of love through acts of compassion. Having compassion first for yourself. So each morning as you awaken and you place water on your face, that's a, make a prayer that your eyes see clearly and water on your chest that your heart recalls its natural song and give thanks 
it is my thought that some of your discomfort is um, physical. And so perhaps by working with um, an acupuncturist or someone uh, in addition to your physician, that uh, some of the the distortion or sense of loss of your joy, love, and uh, perception of spiritual energy will be resolved. What is most important is that you have the intention to recognize love and there uh, is the commitment to be kind to yourself and those who are around you and to take note of the blessings and they are conveyed to you especially through water. So where there is the appearance of anger is the mind looking for skillful methods. And so Water. you can, yeah? I feel very, like, I do like to bathe, actually. The, one of the times I feel the best is when I'm taking a shower and I feel like I'm cleaning myself and I feel like I'm I feel nice feel having the water and the heat and the soap and the cleansing process and um it's one of the few times I feel relief from I feel like I can't breathe most of the time a lot of the times I feel like I have to force myself to breathe because something is closed in me and um um, um it's not closed it it is just uh, calling for adjustment It is not only the mind and feeding, uh, giving the support to the physical body also will reveal and uh, enable more expression of joy and love. Uh, it's like the inner electricity, the mother-father dance, the magnetism within is saying, okay, look here, relax here, wash away this, see this growing. So some physical support is called for. I don't know where you live or what state or country you are in. I would just advise you to, uh, with your physician, find a, a good acupuncturist and some of that unease will uh, be resolved and reveal that unease will become a creative energy. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll look for an acupuncturist. And, um, yeah, I just, I feel like I'm not, I don't feel gratitude, and I feel very upset that I don't feel gratitude. 
and um, my 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 guru taught me that when I used to teach for him, he taught me that the what blocks gratitude is discontentment, taking things for granted, things like that. And so I feel like at times, I I mean, I feel like I'm lucky to have been led to so many great beings. I feel like I've had I've been surrounded by many great beings and much knowledge. I feel like I've really connected with so many beautiful people and everything and I want to expand. I want to expand, but it just seems like there's I I I don't understand why I can't expand. Maybe and, expansion is not the, uh, the ideal to settle within and to see things as they are. Expansion gives the sense of somewhere to go, and settling in and resting within is the recognition of what is. So yes, there will be discontent if there is the sense to go somewhere else to expand from, to settle within, and to recognize, and oh, how wonderful, uh, it's a another experience I want to like a part of me wants to experience different astral realms and wants to you know be able to go and visit other places in the universe or things like that or like meet angelic beings and 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 all those things but I don't feel that I'm worthy of that I don't feel that I'm I feel like I have a lot of karma that I need to dissolve or I need to I need to let go of and um well, knowing that there's something to let go of apply the medicine of gratitude and pacifying and purifying the thought and to know that all appearances arise within so you don't need to go anywhere just to be present All right. Well, thank you. Thank you for your attention and time. You're welcome. So we are uh, at about time here, Venerable, and uh, I think that's all the hands raised. Uh, there was one question, and I'll just say, Anne, the answer will be in the transcript. Okay. Yep, and uh, that's one thing that everyone can know is that you will receive the transcript. So that's a wonderful tool that you'll have to be able to uh, listen again and read along in the transcript. And it's a wonderful way to receive even more because the teachings are so layered. And uh, there's... We hear things we didn't hear the first time when we listen again and again and again. And uh, I, I would like to just take a moment here, Venerable, and let people know that uh, this is the final class in a cycle, and the new cycle begins next month, and so uh, in February, and that the information about the next cycle of teachings will be posted on the Beauty Way Productions website, your website, uh, in uh, 
short order in the next week or two, and that people will be able to register for those classes uh, beginning in February, and that most of these classes will be on Tuesdays, third Tuesday of the month generally uh, throughout the year at this very same time. And uh, that also that you're planning to have a teaching in July in Vermont, uh, which I've been to a number of times, and I would like to invite everyone to uh, investigate that when that is announced, and you can start registering and thinking about that. It's such a wonderful opportunity to study and be in uh, the summer seminar with Venerable there in Vermont at the Sunray Peace Village. And uh, it's, it's just a, an extraordinary opportunity. It's so healing and nourishing. The Peace Village is so restorative to just be there. So anything else you'd like to tell us about the cycle of teachings or things coming up this year, Venerable, or retreats? Yes. The, the movement of wind within our body-mind. And the, the ease and grace that can be experienced when seeing clearly our own face. So the exploration is through the, in a sense, through the meridians and the dance of life force that interacts with our body, mind, the land, and the sky. Thank you. You're welcome, Jennifer. <laughs> I know it gets more far out, um, and it's also far in. Yes, yes, yes. It's... Uh... We're very blessed. So I, I would like to close with a long life prayer. If you... Thank you. All right. May all beings in this and all worlds benefit from our time together. May the wisdom potential in each and every one flourish and grow. May all recall their natural state as luminosity. Emanation of rainbow light, Dharma wisdom, three fires bright, guide upon the beauty road calling all to see, crystal reflection, boundless compassion, caller of four winds, wise grandparents, seven sisters, may your mission be accomplished, may we assist you in the light, may you receive many blessings and live a long good life. We thank you, Dahani Oahu, gift to the people, great mystery, great lady of the Buddha families, who holds the secret Vajrayana in the lotus grove of the teachings of the practice lineage. You are the glory of the Buddha's teachings and of sentient beings. Blessed of the Vajra Dakini, may your life, Dahani Oahu, ever remain firm and long. Thank you. Mm.